This is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope you and yours had a fantastic and a very Merry Christmas with you and yours. I also hope that you had a very happy New Year's celebration and that 2024 is off to a good start for you. Grand, we're only two days in, but hey, you know, gotta keep keep it moving. Let's get to today's news. But first, our Fight, Laugh, Feast magazine is a quarterly issue that packs a punch like a 21-year Belvini, no ice. We don't water down our scotch. Why would we water down a theology? Order a yearly subscription for yourself and then send a couple yearly subscriptions to your friends who have been drinking lukewarm evangelical Kool-Aid. It's 2024. Time for them to get the memo. Every quarter, we promise quality food for the soul, wine for the heart, and some Red Bull for turning over tables. Our magazine will include cultural commentary, a psalm of the quarter, recipes for feasting, laughter sprinkled throughout our glossy pages, and more. Sign up today. That's at FightLaughFeast.com. FightLaughFeast.com. Now, let's get to the news, and before I dive into this news story, just letting you know, if you've got anyone who's a little bit young to be hearing this, just be warned, there's some choice language in this story. Starting right away, queering God and, quote, how to be a bitch were just a few of the craziest courses that universities offered in 2023. Yes, our education system at its finest, folks. Let's dive into some of these crazy courses. Universities offered students in the U.S. an opportunity to enroll in many courses that push gender ideology and left-wing activism during the 23-24 school year. Princeton University, for example, offered a class titled Black Plus Queer in Leather, Black Leather BDSM Material Culture. That was the spring of 2023 semester, according to the university's course catalog. The class will survey black BDSM culture via research available in libraries and individuals involved in the groups that participate in that culture. Quote, we will consider the fragility of archival engagement within these communities by surveying existing archives in research libraries and community groups, the course description reads. Princeton made headlines in 2022 following the addition of this course to the catalog, as well as FAT, the F-word, and the public body, and anthropology of religion, fetishism, and decolonization. Ah, decolonization. Tuition at Princeton costs more than $59,000 per year and can cost more than $76,000, including housing and food costs, this according to the university's website. Westminster College offers a course titled How to Be a Bitch. Students are encouraged to unpack the words bitch and bossy, which are interesting but problematic. One course offered at Wesleyan University titled Queer Russia offers students an overview of the influence of queer people on Russian culture, according to the university's 2324 course, which, of course, is kind of bold considering I thought it was outlawed in Russia. The course focuses on gender and sexuality and exploring an alternative cultural history of Russia which highlights its queer legacy from the 19th century to the present. Wesleyan announced it would cover abortion-related costs and emergency contraception for students in the fall of 2023 semester. The university charges more than $66,000 a year for tuition and nearly $20,000 for housing, according to its website. 
Occidental College in California offers a course titled Black Queer Thought, according to the university's 23-24 course catalog. The course critiques the demands of heteronormativity, white supremacy, patriarchy, and capitalism. The course also explores how the cultural producers in question complicate and elaborate upon the sometimes static and often U.S.-centered definitions we hold for black and queer, according to the course's description. How about the Southern University of Oregon, or SOU? It offered a class titled Decolonizing Transgender in the 23-24 academic year, according to the university's course catalog. The course examines the development of the word transgender across social, cultural, historical, legal, medical, and political contexts. The course can be taken as part of the university's Certificate in Transgender Studies, according to the school's website. Nice. The University of Chicago offered a course titled Queering God that questions if God is queer and what queerness has to do with the concept of God. What does queerness have to do with Judaism, Christianity, or Islam? The course description asks. The university made headlines for its Queering God class in July. The school also offered a class titled The Problem of Whiteness initially in December of 22, but later moved the course to the spring of 23 semester after backlash to the course. So they just kindly moved it back a pace, I suppose. How about a course titled Unsettling Whiteness? That was offered by Northwestern University in 23-24, also in Chicago, not according to the university's course catalog. The course seeks to make the historical, political, and cultural formation of whiteness in Western modernity visible for analysis. Students at Northwestern hosted a speaker in April that accused Israelis of eating the organs of Palestinians. Tuition at the school for the 23-24 academic year was estimated to be nearly $65,000 and nearly $92,000 with all expenses including books, fees, room, and board, this according to the university. Davidson College offered a course titled Latinx Sexual Dissidents and Guerrilla Translation, according to the university's 23-24 course catalog. The class seeks to mix feminist, queer, body positivity, and leftist activism all into one class. Students will study the rhetorics and aesthetic strategies of feminist and queer activist collectives focused on social issues such as immigration, transgender rights, anti-racism, economic equality, anti-speciesism, body positivity, and prison abolition with a pro-pleasure leftist perspective, the course description reads. Westminster College, Princeton, Wesleyan, Occidental, SOU, Northwestern, the University of Chicago, and Davidson College did not respond for the Daily Caller News Foundation's request for comments. Moving on, Trump holds Fox News Town Hall to counter CNN-Iowa debate with DeSantis and Haley. Fox News is set to hold a town hall event in Des Moines, Iowa with President Donald Trump on January 10th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, a move that directly competes with CNN-Iowa's GOP primary debate held on the same night at the same time. The Fox News Trump event announced on Tuesday marks the president's fifth time in snubbing a debate matchup with his 2024 Republican rivals. He has skipped all four primary debates sponsored by the Republican National Committee. Brett Baer and Martha McCallum will co-moderate the Trump town hall for the first time since May 2020 when Trump last sat down for an interview with the pair. The January 10th town hall just five days before the Iowa caucuses also marks Trump's return to holding counter events during GOP debate nights. He held a competing event during the first three GOP debates, including the first one in late August, which was co-sponsored with Fox News. But the former president did not seek to take attention from his rivals during last month's fourth GOP debate in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. 
CNN's debate on January 10th required candidates to reach at least 10% in three national or Iowa polls. But only Trump, Governor Ron DeSantis, and former United Nations Ambassador Nikki Haley have met those qualifications. Vivek Ramaswamy also announced on Tuesday he will participate in a live studio town hall with podcast host Tim Poole, as it appears he likely won't make the CNN debate qualification deadline on Tuesday. Forget CNN's fake Iowa debate on January 10th, which will be the most boring in modern history, he posted on X. We're doing a live audience show that night in Des Moines with Timcast instead. We won't hold back. End quote. Trump dominates his competition at 62.5%, according to Real Clear Politics poll average. DeSantis and Haley are pulling at just 11.2%, followed by Ramaswamy at 4.2%. The president is seeking a strong showing in Iowa as DeSantis and Haley seek to become the dominant second place in the field. CNN's debate will be the final time before the Iowa caucuses that DeSantis and Haley will face off. Trump, meanwhile, is likely going to brag about his advantageous lead during the competing town hall and denigrate his competitors speaking of trump and elsewhere tucker carlson tucker tells dan bongino that trump assassination could be next former fox news host tucker carlson warned in an interview with conservative commentator and author dan bongino that the establishment may be preparing to assassinate president donald trump in a desperate move to stop his political momentum. Carlson emphasized that Trump's political opponents are prepared to do anything to make sure the president does not take back the White House. Tucker charted out whether circumstances are accelerating toward a possible Trump assassination, which is looking more likely due to Trump's soaring popularity. One of my core beliefs about life is that nothing is static, everything is dynamic. It's moving in one direction or another. And it's so hard to adjust to that as a human being because you want everything to stay the same but nothing ever does. So if you want to know what things are going to look like in the future, just chart out what has been happening recently and ask yourself, are things accelerating or decelerating? Are they moving up, down, right, left? I mean, just chart it out. And in the case of Trump, they started with protests. They moved to impeachment. Now they're at indictment. None of it has worked. What's next? What is, what could possibly be next? If you felt, and you really believed and a lot of them do, that the worst thing that could happen to the country and more specifically to you in the professional class is to have Donald Trump as president and everything you have tried has failed and they have been accelerating steps, protests, impeachment, indictment. Like how many more arrows do you have in your quiver? And what's the next one? And of course it's assassination and assassination happens around the world. I had dinner with Former president of Haiti in my house last night. His successor was murdered in his bed in the presidential palace in Port-au-Prince. And he's hardly alone. People get assassinated. I mean, I, they've been assassinated in this country. Far more Just often in than Japan. we're willing to admit. It happened in Japan. That's exactly right. So it's not, it's not crazy. And of course, it's the last thing I want. I said it directly to Trump, by the way, because it's so obvious. How could you not say that? So I did. And he did not engage with me at all on that subject. And I don't know what he actually thinks of it, but he's smart. And so he must know that that's true. But why? So, again, it's just another example of what you said a minute ago wisely. If you want to know what's true, look at the things you're not allowed to say. You're not allowed to say them, not because they're conspiracy theories or lies. You're not allowed to say them precisely because they are not conspiracy theories or lies. They are true. And that is true. Period. Let me ask you a question. It wasn't part of my rundown here, but you you got me thinking about some. Trump's up in a lot of these swing state polls. You know, they're polls. I get it. Acute moments in time. Anything could change. But just take it for what it's worth. He's got a decent chance of winning. Um, 
If he were to win this thing, we have obviously this period between November and January and the swearing in. I'm not sure that's going to go well. I, and I'm, I'm trying to be understated here. Uh, I, I don't yes. think that's going to end well. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm taking a deep breath because I have so many thoughts, most of which I, I'm not going to express because I have, no, I have no evidence other than my own intuition and what seems obvious. And I, I think we probably share exactly the same views on this. Look, they have set up Donald Trump as president as the one thing they, they can't tolerate. Now, that's anti-democratic right there. Democracy demands that people who didn't vote for a candidate submit to his rule if he wins democratically. That's a baseline requirement for democracy. All of us have been through it. Some guy you hate gets elected and you have to sit there and be like, okay, he's the president. He's my president. It's my country. And I'm going to sit there like a good little boy as he reigns. I disagree with him, but I'm not going to try and kill him because I believe in the system. They, that's kind of the traditional Western view of democracy. They don't have a Western view of anything. They don't believe in democracy. So they're not bound by the normal rules that the rest of us are and have been for 250 years. So I just don't think they're going to tolerate it. I don't think they think like us. They're not like, well, you know, he won. I guess we should let him govern. They didn't do that last time, and they definitely won't do it this time. And, of course, the difference now is we know exactly who they are. We know exactly what they think. And we know, to some extent, the lengths they will go to get their will. And they don't have any boundaries at all. They use the U.S. military against the American population. So yeah. who would do that? Well, people who don't have limits would do that. So what are their... What are their boundaries in this case? I, I literally don't think they have boundaries. And I think that we should be prepared, at least internally, psychologically, uh, for them to do anything. Last year, Megyn Kelly voiced fears of the demonization of Trump could eventually lead to his assassination. During an episode of The Megyn Kelly Show on YouTube, Kelly was joined by former Secret Service agent and author of The Gift of Failure, Dan Bongino, as the pair discussed the portrayal of Trump and its potential escalation. Quote, you heard Tucker ask Trump about it when he interviewed him, Kelly said, referring to an August interview between Trump and Tucker Carlson. Whether Trump is worried, whether there's a realistic possibility the left is going to so melt down at his power rises as he rises towards a second term that they try to do something to him god forbid or that they try to do something to our country she added elsewhere we now go to idaho as there is a water fight Federal government sues state of Idaho over water rights. A lawsuit brought by the U.S. government against the state of Idaho will have far-reaching implications for both how water is managed in the West and states' rights. According to Idaho Farm Bureau Government Affairs Specialist Russ Hendricks, the state of Idaho began adjudicating water rights in Idaho's Snake River Basin, southern Idaho, in the late 1980s. As in the case with many western states, Idaho's water law provides a right to the beneficial user of the water. During this adjudication process in the 80s and 90s, many ranchers considered claiming their stock water rights on federally administered grazing allotments through the state, but were convinced by the federal government to withdraw their claims, being told that the government was prepared for a lengthy legal battle. Only a few ranchers ignored the strong-arming bullying by the federal government, said Hendricks. So according to Hendricks, the federal government ended up with nearly all of the stockwater rights on federal allotments in the Snake River Basin, save for those claimed by Paul Nettleton and Tim Lowry, called the Joyce case. Those men entered what eventually was a 15-year legal battle with the federal government. Eventually, they won their case in the Idaho Supreme Court on the simple premise that the federal government does not own cattle and therefore is not able to put the water to beneficial use. 
And that brings us to the current lawsuit, wherein the federal government has filed suit against the state of Idaho in federal district court, saying that they are being discriminated against. Hendricks believes this suit will have far-reaching effects, not only for Idaho water users, but for any water users across the country. The Idaho Farm Bureau has enlisted the help of the Mountain States Legal Foundation in the legal battle. The reason I bring this up is the Western Economic Forum has already announced that water was the next crisis. Because everyone understands water, we need that to survive. And since climate change was too difficult to get people to understand, they would move to water spring on their property if you drilled your well some time ago and have not registered your well um, if you have a natural stream on your property pond year-round creek a lake all of that stuff this applies to you essentially what is taking place is the state of idaho is saying that you have x amount of time to file for your water rights of all of those different bodies of water if you have nine ponds on your property you're going to have to file register your nine ponds now if you do not file for your nine ponds your wells whatever your water rights are whatever your water sources are the state of idaho owns them forever dumb they are now they are now resources they are now property of the state of idaho so if you have a homestead that's been in the family for a hundred years and you have natural wells or natural uh, springs that you guys use to water your animals or irrigate your land, the state of Idaho is saying that that is now their property if you don't claim it in time. Now we've seen this before guys in other states uh, across the nation. This is the beginning steps of a, a land resource grab. This is the beginning of government control of a massive amount of resources, in this case the state of Idaho that has, especially in the north, a ton of water. You can almost go into any mountain ravine and find water flowing through. It's kind of hard to die of thirst in the state of Idaho. The U.S. government is attempting to seize all water rights for all bodies of water on Americans' property in Idaho. If residents do not register for each body of water individually by their timeline, the state takes control and owns them forever. The state requires you to register your well, pond, creek, or the water automatically becomes the state's property. Now, it's time for my favorite topic, sports. And this is for my friends out in North Carolina. Video appears to show Panthers owner David Tepper throwing a drink at a Panthers fan. Completions have been tough to come by this year for the Carolina Panthers, but a thrown drink from the Panthers owner, Dave Tepper, hit its intended receiver on Sunday. During Carolina's 26-0 demolition at the hands of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Panthers owner Dave Tepper appeared to throw a drink at a fan. Tepper beats a hasty retreat after tossing the drink, and it was probably a good thing since the fan turned around and immediately climbed up to the opening of the suite. The NFL has said that they are aware of the incident. However, they have not said whether Tepper's display is actionable under the league's personal conduct policy. Presumably, some disciplinary action will be taken against Tepper, lest the league allow fans to labor under the impression that they're perfectly okay with their owners showing extreme disrespect for their paying customers. And that is your news for today. This has been your Cross Politic Daily News Brief. If you like the show, go ahead and hit that share button for me down below. If you want to sign up for a pub membership, a magazine subscription, or tickets to our next conference in Dallas, Fort Worth, head on over to fightlaughfeast.com. And as always, if you want to send me a news story, if you want to ask about our conference this coming year, or 
If you want to become a corporate partner of CrossPolitik, email me at garrison at fightlabfeast.com. For CrossPolitik News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great rest of your day, and Lord bless.